if you don't know that you should buy groceries at New Earth Market in Chico, you should know that because they're an awesome store with a bunch of organic, delicious foods. They have a ton of lactose-free food that I get down with, and they also have dope craft beer. You can even buy a beer and drink it while you shop. That's right. New Earth is right here in Chico on 864 East Avenue. As that turns out, it's right by Cinemark Tinseltown. So maybe you're getting ready to listen to our podcast. You're going to go watch the movie. You're going to go buy some beers. Head to New Earth. Johnny, I think they have events there too. Am I wrong? That's right. Every once in a while, they will have breweries that come in and do tastings. You buy a ticket, you get a bunch of different beer flavors, and there's always snacks and stuff there too, so you should check those out when you can. Again, that's New Earth right here in Chico at 864 East Avenue. Go check them out. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hello again. Welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema. Hey, this dude. Is, hey, that's Johnny Summers, everybody. That's right. Hey, you said my last name. Sorry. That's Johnny. That's Johnny. That's Johnny Winter over there. <laughs> uh, is that a porn star? <laughs> no, that's an old musician. Oh, I got Johnny it. Winter just played at my work. Those demographics always cross my mind. They're either porn an old stars? musician or a porn star. Hey, were you in Boston? No, I was in porn. No, I was... <laughs> This is a podcast about craft beer and film. We're based in Chico, California, which is Northern California. Not that kind of film. No, not that kind of film. That's actually probably worth saying. Uh, Anyways, that's Johnny. I'm Max. We do this once a week, and we like what we do, and we hope you do too. I'm going to say from the get-go, if you ever want to reach out to us or maybe tell us you saw the movie we saw, you're drinking some similar beers or the same beers, you can find us on social media at Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, all at Fresh Hop Cinema. Or you can email us at fhccast at gmail.com. We always appreciate hearing from you. Other bit of house cleaning. This is a three-part show. We like to think we're very kid-friendly. We don't start every episode talking about porn. Um, uh, that might be a new thing, though. You but it does know. sometimes tend to happen in the danger zone. We go off the rails. So the first two segments of our show are kid-friendly, and they're also spoiler-free. They're like so, PG-13. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Kid to adolescent friendly. You shouldn't put this on instead of sending your child to like preschool. Definitely send your kids to school or daycare. Don't skip any magic school bus stuff for us. It's more like if you're a person who likes to listen to this, but you have kids, no one's going to get mad at you if your kids are in the car until later because then it sometimes gets a little bit crazier. Yeah. All that to say, if you're tuning in to hear about Mission Impossible Fallout the week or so after it's come out in theaters, we will not spoil it without giving you plenty of warning. Okay, so all that said, we're going to start talking about beer. We're going to dive right in, because there's a beer that I'm very excited about. Oh, snap. We should say, too, that this beer has been provided by a friend, John Wallum. That's right. Uh, so thank you, John. We really appreciate it. I think, Johnny, you should talk about this beer, because you made the exchange. It wasn't an exchange. I guess it was just a... You didn't do anything <clears throat> for him or anything. Yeah, it was a total right. yeah. sexual favor type situation, yeah. obviously. Good. Okay. Oh, we so, need a rinse on these glasses, too. There was bourbon in them. There was. That's another thing while you're uh, doing your thing. Uh, I When we talk about what we've been up to the past week or so, I was gifted a bottle of High West Yippie bourbon from my good friend and partner in musical crime, sometimes Rob Delgado. Nice. So we poured each a little bit of that so you could taste it. Turns out you've already tasted it before, but it's I enjoyed it either. It's still way. really it's very good. good. It's tremendous. So Good work to him. Yes. Excellent gift giver. Right. I like it. Really it. good. I was gonna play music for this this, but you didn't turn on the track for the music. So. Oh, that's true. That's cool. Well, that's cool. Now well, just imagine you were listening to yeah. Tech Nine. You know we do have the ability to throw it in afterwards. 
We yeah, could, we now that we've it. talked about it this thoroughly. We'll just put it in later. Yeah. What is this song? Why are they talking about not having music while the music's playing? Right. Because I'm professional. Yes. So today we have a collaboration with Tech 9 who, if you don't know, I mean, get with it. Yes. Yeah. Max's favorite rapper? Uh, he's up in my top three. Okay. Uh, and a collab with his hometown brewery, Boulevard Brewing Cub. Correct. Yeah, that's Kansas City, Missouri. Um, and if you've ever heard any of Tech Nine's songs, he's always dropping that KC Mo. Mm. Uh, and he has a very famous song called Caribou Lou. It's one of his, um, not you wouldn't call it popular, but there's a hook that's very sing-alongable. Yeah. And Sing a little bit. I will not. Come on. No, I will not happen. This right. is very early in the show for that. You could sing along with the music that's behind you right now. No, because I'd have to know exactly where uh, it is, and it's impossible. But uh, maybe later. So yeah, tell me about the, the 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 name of the song and the beer and why that's important. Sure. Well, Caribou Lou, as is stated in the song, is a mixed drink that you make. If I may quote the lyrics, uh, it's half a bottle of one. Is you make it a big. This is big portions, not by glass. You make it by the jug. Uh, take half a bottle of one fifty one rum. Pineapple juice, Malibu, which is a type of rum. Coconut rum. Coconut rum. Thank you. And you mix it all, and you get what is called Caribou Lou. Nice. And it's a sweet, intoxicating beverage. And that is what this is based on. Again, this is Boo Lou, B-O-U-L-O-U, by Boulevard. And Johnny's pointing out it's a wheat beer with pineapple and coconut added. It is at 5.5% ABV and 10 IBU. So real smooth, real juicy, hopefully real delicious. I'm going to go ahead and, go ahead and throw out the... Uh, the the thing that I'm always worried about, and we've talked about this, when it comes to any beer with coconut, it's that the coconut is either completely overwhelming or oftentimes not present at all. And on your first taste here, Johnny Winter, what do you get? That's a pineapple upside down cake almost. Mm -hmm. Wow. We should there. say again, you've had this before? Yes. I'd had it one time at the brisket cook-off. Oh, we mentioned that last week. Go yeah. listen to that episode, everybody. Yeah, with Mr. John Wallum. Yeah, so this beer is uh, incredibly fruit-forward. The, the adjuncts... They do not lie. That is up in your grill, dog. This is yeah. This is something. This is very pineapple. You are totally right. Didn't we? Didn't you say a pineapple upside down cake on a, about a beer um, in the semi recent past? I could have sworn you had to explain to me what an upside down cake was, or maybe I'm, I might just be mixing stuff up. I don't think that was me. Okay. Well, this is very good. Yeah, this is tremendous. This is everything that I imagine that cocktail tastes like. Yeah. Like, I've never had one, but I want to now mm -hmm. to be gangster. I think I've made one once or twice. Yeah. You know what's interesting about this is that I was gonna, I was about to go off on what I was just saying about the coconut, but it is there, and it's definitely on the back end for me. Yeah. It's yeah. subtle. But I mean, pineapple is such an overwhelming flavor. It can be. Is that if yeah, it's well, in it there, is, it's, yeah. just, it's like that's what you're going to taste first. Yeah. Well, yeah. I am tripping out, but I feel like we just did something that was very pineapple forward. I don't know. Maybe we'll think of it. I don't remember. If you're a regular regular listener, you know what we're talking about. Please let me know. Yeah, once we record these episodes, they kind of just yeah, yeah sure. into the ether for me. Right. I re-listen every once in a while, but for the most part, I don't. Mm -hmm. So, uh, pineapple forward that we've done recently. We'll look it up later. Yeah, it's fine. But this beer is tremendous. It's very good. I really like it. It is everything you would think of uh, just from the description. That pineapple, the coconut, the it's just it's like a tropical top, tropical cocktail yeah right i think i'm a little bit worried that so i've only had maybe a an ounce of this so yeah. far but i'm worried it's going to be a little bit too sweet the more i drink oh it's it's like thicker than a snickers yeah with double the sugar right yeah i yeah. don't i don't know man it's i think it's gonna be good i'm gonna keep drinking it before i fully resolve my decision on it but um i think we both like it mm -hmm. do you think you're gonna continue on liking it as yeah, we drink it i think so uh also i think this is a beer that i would not feel bad putting over ice and maybe 
adding a little something to it to kind of thin it out. Yeah. Even out that, you know, this would be really good over ice with like coconut milk in it. Yeah, like a splash on top. Or even coconut water. Yeah, totally. That'd be nice. I, I don't know. I think, mm, I, I, so with, with something this derivative of another drink, you got to ask the question of kind of why. Like, I get that it's funny and a cool collab, but I might just rather drink a Caribou Lou. Yeah. This really gets into the Mike's Hard Lemonade type yes. universe. You yeah. know what I mean? Where you have this novelty flavor that is just so sugar heavy that it's uh, almost impossible to drink a 16-ounce rub by yourself. I mean, this is... It's good that we said that, too. It's a 16-ounce can. Yeah. This is very, very for loco territory, given this has a much better flavor, and it's definitely a beer. And it's... Or it's what how, what's the way of saying three times, but the opposite of that? Half a th- half by thirds. It's a third it's of the third ABV. It, thank you. One yeah. thir- it's a third of the ABV. That's exactly what it is. Yep. Of a four loco. Yes. yes. So So yeah, this beer definitely is down a notch, but it's it's bordering on that the consistency. Like the mouthfeel. It's very syrupy, very thick, yeah. very like corn syrup and um, sweetener heavy. That so. said, it is not similar in the carbonation factor. Like a four loco drinks, I think, sort of like a like a Jones soda, yeah, but or, a little bit more syrupy. But this is definitely more of a beer, yeah, on your palate. I have it from an inside anonymous source that so these beers are not available here yet. But if I am not mistaken in my information, Boulevard will be distributing these only to cities where Tech Nine tours regularly. Nice. So I think he'll be back in. He's in Chico. He's pretty in Chico often like once center. or twice a year. Correct. So I think Chico's going to be seeing Distro on this. Uh, within the next uh, two to three months. If that is dinner. hilarious. Right. That that's how they decided to distro this. Why not? They're a big enough brewery. They can do what they want. Yeah. You know? like, screw it. Right. We'll do, yeah. Well, and Tech Nine's a gangster. I mean, mm-hmm. I think I've seen him. You know what's weird is Tech Nine pops up at heavy metal festivals. That makes sense. I, if you are familiar enough with his music, it's a lot of electric guitar driven rap. Yeah. It's very aggressive. Mm hmm. Usually pretty violent. Tech Nine's great. Yeah, he's really cool. I've seen him. You said you've seen him a few times? I saw him at least once that I remember. Yeah. Yeah. I saw him twice live. Okay. I, one time I was finishing up high school and we drove down to San Diego to to watch him. And at that point, I had recorded a a cover song of Riot Maker okay. by Tech Nine, took it to the concert and threw it on stage. And he picked it up. And I had all my contact info on it, right? Yeah. And then I waited, and a couple of weeks later, uh, I still hadn't heard back, and I never have. Nice. Really like building up stories yeah. to drop off. <laughs> and then I saw him a couple of years, well, sometime in my college career here in Chico. Okay. Crazy show that guy puts on. Yeah. I mean, if you've ever heard his stuff, he's so, he's a fat, like he's a, an eloquent, fast rapper, mm-hmm. which I feel is harder and harder to find these days. Yeah. And he's not a new rapper, obviously, so he's like keeping that tradition alive. But Yeah. Well, now the trend's this weird mumble rap. Don't get me started. I would love to get you started. That's not rap, right? Like no, rap, rap started off as 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 having a mastery of a language and delivering these poignant, uh, often social or political messages in 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 a way that was unique and different. And you had to be good at that craft. You had to be able to speak eloquently, and that's mm-hmm. what it was about. And now I feel like so much of the emphasis is placed on sick beats. With and I'm I'm all for a sick beat. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. Oh, I love a sick beat. But oftentimes it's not the idiot singing quote unquote over that track that has made the beat so it's like why is this person even on stage mm-hmm. there n- anyone could do this yeah i'm not a fan yeah and there there's a very particular look that goes with a mumble rapper too it's a new thing yep yeah it's just a weird sect of yes um, uh, a music genre that just 
kind of came out of nowhere. I'm 90% sure that one of the qualifiers to even be in that genre is that you have to have more tattoo ink on your face than skin showing. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Also, a fiery SoundCloud profile. Yes. I don't know. Just, just hot, hot fire. I'm wondering if we're just sounding like old people. I think I don't think we are, but we might be. There's no way to sound any wider than we sound right now. You're saying well. wide? White. It's not a white thing. It's pretty white. No way. I mean, we're talking about it from a very white perspective, so. Yeah, yeah, kind of. But also, we both love rap, Yeah, which and, is and weird. Like, yeah, I'm not I'm not saying like, yeah, man, only Eminem is a good rapper. Oh, yeah. Post Malone, like, all these Post black Mal- folks Post rapping. Malone's awful. Never heard him, but I he fits the description, right? Post He's Malone's like a, part of the problem. Yeah. There's so many P's in that sense. It's like him... Uh, Little Yachty, little Uzi, sure, probably. Yeah, little, little Skater Boy, little maybe. Avril, I don't know. That's yeah. Avril Lavigne's new, right? <laughs> Avril. <laughs> I thought that's how you. It's definitely Avril. It's Avril. No, Avril. That's not a thing. Avril. It's Avril. Avril. Yeah, it's Avril Lavigne. All right. Why did I always think it was Avril? I don't know. Avril. Maybe you didn't spend enough time in Hot Topic. Avril. She Avril. was always playing there. Yeah, but she's Canadian, and Avril sounds the way more French way to say it. I see. To me, Avril sounds French. Avril Lavigne. I really love Ravine. I don't know. I really yeah. love Ravines. All this to say, Tech Nine, great. Yes. Not for everybody. Some people might be offended. Yeah. Uh, I didn't mean to say that. In like, I feel like right now people make fun of people that get offended, and that's yeah. not what I was doing. I actually mean he's probably pretty offensive to a lot of people. Oh yeah. But I overlook it because even stuff that I'm like, that's pretty crude. I'm like, it's delivered in such a great way that yeah. I, I don't care. Yeah. I respect the craft. He did a song with a band that I like called The Dirty Heads. Oh really? Yeah. What song? Uh, it is called Burn Slow, I believe. Okay. Uh, I will. We can verify that real quick. On our next commercial break, we're gonna play that song underneath uh, whatever we're saying. Yeah. Deal. But yeah, dirty, he's. <laughs> there's no way he said dirty flow, but that's what I'm dirty about. heads. Dirty heads. Yeah. Wait, what's the song called though? I want to say it's Burn Slow. Oh, Burn Slow. Uh, I will have to double check uh, the name of the song. It's on that album though. But yeah, that he has a verse on there, and it's it's really badass. Yeah, great man. Like well, it. we should get around to rating this beer because uh, with all the lore that we've just built around it, I think it deserves some arbitrary rating from two guys in a random room. Damn right it does. <laughs> Let's judge it. Do you? I'm taking another sip. I have I'm to do that. I'm going to give first. it firmly at a 7.8. That's really high. Are you sure? Yeah. This okay. beer, if you grab this beer and you think that is a style of beer that I want to enjoy, this will crush it. Yeah. Like, I can't think of another pineapple, coconut beer. Uh, I mean, if you're in the mood for, like, a beer-flavored beer, don't buy this beer. But if you're in the mood for exactly what this can says it is, it does not disappoint, it does not lie, and I think it does it very well. Uh, You don't have a lot of the elements of a traditional beer. You do get a little bit of the wheat up front. Uh, It definitely finishes more like a cocktail than a beer, but I think that's the whole point. So I think this beer nails on the head exactly what it's trying to do, and it doesn't pull any punches, and it's a little bit over the top. It's an extravagant beer, and it's wild. It's something like you've never had before. So I would say 100% if you see it, try it out. Fair enough. Uh, do, we have a, do we have any idea how much this costs? No. Okay. Well, when it gets to the area, you might be able to figure it out by finding it at a place. And looking at a price tag. Yeah. So I got uh, a seven written down. Okay. Because I think... I was going to go lower, but then all the stuff you were saying was was very accurate. I think maybe I just don't love it, um, but I, I don't want to judge this one on 
whether or not I like it. I think this is sort of an extreme version. You know when uh, maybe somebody who doesn't love beer goes to a beer bar, and they're like, what kind of beer do you have? I don't really like beer. And then the bartender's like, oh, I got a Blue Moon. It's like an orange yeah. beer. It's like that, but but heightened, like, turned up to 11 on pineapple. Like, oh, do you like tropical cocktails? Then we've got a beer for you. Right, exactly. So I think this is really good. I think it's well done, and as a wheat beer, judging it as a beer, be, trying to be a sweet cocktail-adjacent development yeah. drink. I think it's really good. So a seven flat for me, uh, just not going any higher because I don't really love it that much. Sure. But it is very good. Um, I just probably wouldn't drink it again. It's real sweet and um, not something that I could, like I'm already kind of feeling overindulged on sugars. Yeah. This is a good one to take to a bottle share. Maybe yeah, a lot of people totally. have never had it. You definitely want to share this with at least one other person. Yeah. At least. Also, I feel like the the fact, you know, the, like the collab factor, you have a brewery and they they collab with the Deftones or mm-hmm. Tech 9 there's a big difference in the vibe. Like Deftones, like, oh, that's cool. They're like an older band and trying to, but like Tech Nine is like, it's funny almost. Mm-hmm. Also, obviously, the fact that it's called Boo Lou, it's just like a funny song and a funny reference. So yeah. I don't know. I think the can's really neat. I think it's a fun experience to drink this beer. Totally. But I don't love it. So seven for me. That's still a point eight. For really you. good rating for a beer. Yeah, like. totally. Yes. I got to be clear. I, it's not that I don't like it. I just don't love it. It's not 100%. And also, I don't really like it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's not a style that you would gravitate <laughs> it's to. It's fine, yeah. But you can judge it, you know, without any... Uh, you With neutrality. Sure. I like how you were just letting me... I was going to let you sink yeah. it. Yeah, that was the longest pause we've ever had on this podcast, <laughs> yeah. and it hurt me to, make, to just let it happen. But I half did it because I knew it was going to bug you. I know. I saw it. As yeah. soon as you paused, I was like, is he doing this on purpose? Yeah. Neutrality. Uh, you know, yeah. you can judge it from a neutral place. Yeah. So this is good. Uh, that said, I'm ready to move on past it. Can I just say Boulevard Beer's been killing it? The last you, couple things you we've done. You and your Jam Band Berry Ale. It's so good. Did we do another one? This oh, one. no, we did We did Mocha Wednesday at the... That's, was, that's not Boulevard. Oh, it's Brewery. Yeah. Sorry. No, these the last two beers that we've had from them. Yeah. They're killing the fruited fruited beer thing right now. I need to try some non-fruited beers from them. Yeah. They do... See, Tank 7 is a farmhouse ale, right? That they do? Yeah. I don't love that one. But I don't like farmhouse sales. But they so. do like a lemon rattler that's really good. Yeah. Like they're really one of the better fruited beer manufacturers. Okay. They really have that stuff okay. well balanced. Well, sweet. Check yeah. out check out some boulevard beers, guys, until this one arrives in in wherever you live. Yeah. If Tech Nine comes round, you might see it. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on. Yes? Moving on. What have you been up to, man? Well, it was a pretty mellow weekend. We should say too, I haven't seen it's only been um four days since I've seen you. Yeah, we're pre recording. We're, pre- we're yeah. Yeah. So this is way earlier. Yeah. We recorded what last Thursday? Thursday? Friday. Yep. Uh no, it was Friday. Was it Friday? Yeah. So we No, le- it was Thursday. Well you went? It was Thursday. Okay. So anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Our episode on on uh Won't You Be My Neighbor dropped today. Mm-hmm. And you'll hear this in a week from when we recorded. So we might not have a ton to catch up on, but I still want to hear about your life. Been chilling, man. I uh just watched Tusk. Tusk. For the very first time. What's that? Uh Kevin Smith, A twenty four flick. Uh, kind of a horror-inspired movie about a serial killer uh-huh. that kidnaps people and does stuff to their oh. bodies. What is the What is the tusk? I'm almost afraid to ask. What does that have to do with it? Uh, let's put it this way: the serial killer really likes walruses. I I just feel like we should clarify and stop me if this is a spoiler. Does he have sex with walruses, or does he use this is just a guess a part of a walrus as a sex object aggressively on his victims? Neither. Neither. All right, then. Cool. Great. 
He tries to turn people into walruses. Oh, so it's like human centipede marine yeah. version. Yeah. Yeah. It's ocean very, life. Very unsettling. Yeah. Not for me, I don't think. It's, uh, Kevin Smith directorial directorial debut, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I think, but I don't know. He directed it. And it was one of those ones. I love A24. It's been on my list yep, for a while. Great. So went and checked that out. Also, I went out drinking for the first time in many, many moons mm. on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Had a few cocktails around the house, grilled up some meat, and got a wild hair. I was like, let's walk down to the Goose. Nice. They had had their whale sale, so we went and checked out some bottles and didn't end up buying any. But mm, struck up a conversation with a stranger named Jamie, uh, who's actually friends with Andrew, a couple other people at the bar. I didn't know that. We just sat down next to him. Ended up talking to this dude about movies for like an hour. Nice. Uh, introduced him to... Uh, what was the the app we used? Letterboxd. Letterboxd, sure. Uh, and he like recommended a bunch of stuff that I'd never even heard of. So it was pretty fun. Just made a random friend slash movie fan connection. Great. It was good. Love it. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, that was Saturday? Yeah. Nice, man. I Yeah, I haven't done too much. I played in Modesto Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Took my boys Gavin and Rob down. Uh, we played at a pub and then a restaurant slash bar. Pretty fun time, you know? We saw a twelve pack of the Super Cluster by Lagunitas that we did a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Got those; those beers hold up very well. Nice. I still like that beer a lot. Yeah, um, and just had a really fun time kicking it in Modesto and playing gigs with those guys. Nice. I did watch Moonrise Kingdom for the first time by Wes Anderson. I was telling you this before we started recording. Mm-hmm. Um, Wes Anderson, very specific filmmaking. Like you can see one of his movies, like this is I've seen this before, mm-hmm. and he's got a very a lot of his stuff is very. Um, steady camera shots like he'll whip around and then hold it there mm-hmm. there's very very little movement yeah. and as far as i can remember all of his live action movies mm-hmm. and overall just the aesthetic yes you're like oh this is a wes anderson mm-hmm. yep. the color is super saturated every shot every establishing shot at least could be like a postcard mm-hmm. it's really good so i was stoked and i do have a little bit to finish but um i might rewatch part of it and finish it that way yeah that it's mov- very very good that movie's amazing yeah it's One. such a great cast too yes bill so- murray ed norton Francis McDormand's in it. Um, other people also probably mm-hmm. make cameos. Bruce Willis is in it. Yep. Tons of people. Yeah. All of his movies are like Tilda that, Swinton. Though, where they kind of have just like so many people. Yeah. You're just like, oh my God. See Isle of Dogs. Yes. So many people in that. Uh, one other thing that I did watch uh, that I think everyone should watch if they're into stand-up comedy uh, is Eliza Schlesinger. Mm-hmm. Her last name's really difficult. Yeah. Uh, she has a new special out. And I forget what it's called. I'm pretty sure it's called Elder Millennial. Okay. It's really funny. Uh, can you specify like the genre of comedy? Does that make any sense? Like, uh, is it more of like a uh, like a John Mulaney comedy, or is it more like a Louis C.K. comedy? Does that make sense? Uh, it's definitely story driven, or like a Sarah Silverman kind of thing. Kind of. I mean, that's so vague because all those people kind of like go in and out. Some of like, you I know, guess like, when I think of like Sarah Silverman or Louis C.K. Uh, it's more of like a vulgar kind of delivery, especially Sarah Silverman, but both under the guise of kind of talking about modern things where where um, like a John Mulaney is more like clean cut observational comedy about his own life mm. and not about. Uh, his, yeah. like, so ba- it's way. So basically you're asking me if it's like a blue comedy, which is like dirty. Sure. sure. A lot of people work blue or they don't. Sure. Um, it's definitely on the blue side. She's very upfront mm-hmm. about lots of things uh, and it's a lot of story driven humor uh, i like that as opposed to just the setup the punchline yeah. setup punchline yeah. those can be good and, and i think she peppers a few in there but it's it's a lot of um social commentary about being what she uh, the 
coin the phrase she coins is elder millennial. Yeah. You're just on the tail end of that. Like you're mm-hmm. barely a millennial. Yeah. 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 It's really funny. So some fun social commentary. And she also just nails so many things about being like in your early thirties. It's really, really good. Uh and you said you think it's called Elder Millennial by Eliza Schlesinger. Schlesinger. Schlesinger, maybe? Schlesinger? Schlesinger. Well, all right. Yeah. And that's on Netflix? Yeah, watched it on Netflix. Wonderful. It was really good. Well, you guys should check out those things, too. If you haven't seen Moonrise Kingdom, it came out in like 2000 and... That's an older I one. I don't know, 8 or yeah. 11, something like that. But yeah, for real, watch that. Yeah, let us know what you're watching this week. Let us know uh, if you happen to have had Bulu. Maybe you're a listener in, in in you know, Missouri or Alabama, perhaps. I don't know where you are. So if you're in Alabama or Missouri or any of those states, hit us up. We want to know. That's a big shout out to the guy that... It's nothing, you know? Yeah. It's, it's very what? obscure. It doesn't matter. Nothing. What? Maybe. Anyways, we're going to go to a quick break. We're going to come back, talk about Mission Impossible Fallout. No spoilers yet. We're just going to give you some facts and our initial thoughts on it. So please stick around. Uh, in the meantime, enjoy that song that we talked about underneath what we are saying. Hey, guys. Do you like exploring? I like exploring. You should go to Secret Trail and explore their Explorer series. Oh, nice, man. Very very well put. Thank you. Uh, what's going on this week? By this week, I mean Monday the 6th of August. So, the 6th of August, they are cranking out Out of Your Element. It is a hazy pale ale that they are putting on, wait for it, Nitro. Nitro, that's so crazy. They, so, yeah, they do this every week. They put out a, a new iteration of one of their beers and it's always fun. They're open 3 to 9 on Monday, so go check them out. Secret Trail is located at 132 Meyer Street, right here in Chico. Uh, Johnny, closest landmark to that? Uh, substation. Oh, yeah, okay. Right on Park. Yep. Cool. Yeah, go check them out. They are a great local brewery. You should support them, and they make delicious stuff. Mission Impossible Fallout, the sixth, that is right, sixth installment of the Mission Impossible franchise that aired in, aired? That's more of a TV thing, isn't it? Aired originally in 1942. In 1996. Uh, This is directed, this particular version, by Christopher McQuarrie. He directed Rogue Nation, which is uh, the fifth installment, and Jack Reacher, another Tom Cruise movie. Have you seen all of them? I have seen, so I was just thinking about this, actually. 
I have seen definitely number one, definitely three, definitely five, and now this one. I'm sketchy on some of them. I think I need to go back and watch them, maybe. I think this is, we should talk about that because I don't think you do. Yeah, I'll, that's I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, but, tell me how much money this movie made. Right, so this, uh, as of, as well, this full three-day opening weekend, it's made $61.2 million-ish on a $178 million budget, and it is prospected to make far more than that. It's the largest opening of a Mission Impossible movie, uh, which says something. It came out July 27th. It runs two and a half hours long. We'll get into whether or not we think it needed to be that long in a little while. It's rated PG-13 for some action in some bad language in the right circumstances. It stars Tom Cruise reprising his infamous role, or famous, depending on how you feel about it, uh, as Ethan Hunt. Henry Cavill is new to the franchise's August Walker, an assassin for the CIA that is uh, is tasked with supervising the the Tom Cruise crew. The unmanageable. Their, right, in their mission. Ving Rames is Luther, as always. Simon Pegg is Benji. Rebecca Ferguson, this time, is not Jenny Lind from The Greatest Showman. She is Ilsa Faust, who is somebody with a backstory in the fifth movie, I think. Yeah. I'm not totally Or the positive. fourth or the third. Like one of them. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, Sean Harris plays Solomon Lane, who is our bad guy with his eyes bent on world destruction. He's a, a non-cosmic Thanos. It takes a lot of bad to make a lot of good, that sort of thing. And Alec Baldwin plays Alan Hunley, a CIA agent turned leader of MIF. I don't... IMF. IMF. Uh, acronyms are hard. It's the Impossible Mission Factory. Correct. Oh, is that... it's That's close. I feel like you're right. The Impossible Mission Force? Is that Probably. what it is? Yeah, it, yeah. I think it is what it is. <laughs> uh, anyways... What are your takeaways on on Mission Impossible as a franchise in general? Are you a fan of this franchise or not? I really liked the first one. It was just so groundbreaking, uh, and it was this fun, high-octane suspense adventure spy drama. Um, As they went on, they were just kind of hard to follow, and they got... All the plots of these movies are about as thick as a Clive Custler novel. Sure, I don't know what that is. Is that, is that you, thick or thin? It's thick, like Tom, yeah. Cla- okay. Tom Clancy. Okay, yeah. you know, Splinter Cell. Yeah, sure. just real big books, you know. So, I, overall, I have a honestly mixed thoughts. There's been a, a couple of them I've watched that I liked. I know for a fact I like the first one. I think I like the second one, but I don't know if it was the second one or the third one. There's one with um, with uh, the blonde fellow that passed away. What's his name? The blonde. Fella. Oh, you know, he passed away. But he was a drug overdose fella. He. Oh man, this feels so reductive. To... Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, can't think of his name at yeah. this very moment. Yeah, it's three names. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You guys know who we're talking about. That guy. He was in one of them. Okay. We think it will just shout it out. <laughs> but he he played a bad guy in one of them, um, and then there were some other ones. Okay. I really liked when Simon Pegg got introduced into the franchise. Was he not OG? No. Mm-hmm. No, he's only been in the last two or three. Okay, so gotcha. he's a really nice addition. I'm a huge fan of Simon Pegg. He's very good. Yeah, I believe he had a hand in some writing on one of them. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, so I'd like to double check that. But yeah, I'm. I think I'm in the same boat. I think I'm. I'm not always somebody who queues up for action movies all the time. No, I think, and I've said this in the past. I think if a movie knows what it is, I'm all about it. Mm-hmm. Like we never did see Skyscraper, but I think that Skyscraper would have been fantastic because it's just a big overture towards just 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 craziness yeah uh and it knows that and, and the rock probably plays it up yeah. like nothing else and he he the rock dwayne johnson mm-hmm. did not pull any punches uh, when he was saying it's a direct homage slash huge inspiration from die hard i knew you were gonna say die hard yeah, yeah sure they were like well he was catching some grief and he's like well obviously we all love right. die hard yeah 
And it's been like, I can't, when did Die Hard come out? Die Hard just had its 30 year anniversary. Yeah. Okay. So it's time to, at least it was like, if someone could just reboot Die Hard, at least they didn't do that. It was like, we'll just do an homage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, But anyways, versus my most recent example is Jurassic World. Very confusing movie as far as its tone and what it's trying to be. This movie, I think, has set up such a strong base or these movies have over the course of the 20 years they've been out or whatever, uh, that they can do things like they can have the over convoluted plots. They can have Tom Cruise, who is by the way, almost 60, uh, doing his Tom Cruise thing. And like every movie, it's like, I'm going to run faster. I'm going to fall off more things and get more helicopter licenses than I've ever had. And people can appreciate that. I, 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 regardless of how you feel about his acting in other movies, I think when he's an action hero, I think he's pretty good at it for what it is well and he he pours his body and his heart and his yeah. soul and his ankles right into the role it's worth it's worth noting that he has done at least for this movie and i think the others all of his own stunts mm-hmm. i have a sheet of paper here that i printed out a couple of the most impressive and i didn't really know that going in and just looking back knowing that i'm like oh my god like honestly that was shocking and it kind of makes me want to watch this movie again after i've had half a pot of coffee right now it is tricky so let me read through a couple of these um if you've seen the movie these will make sense if you haven't seen the movie these will still make sense (laughs) probably yep he rides a motorcycle through traffic a lot um and i don't know why tom cruise insists on doing these stunts himself but he does so he's like riding motorcycles through traffic and the cameras are right by him. So if anything goes wrong, he's going to be in trouble. That's the common theme in these stunts. If anything goes wrong, he could die. Um, they did a, there's a scene in the movie where they skydive. Him and Henry Cavill jump out of a plane. Apparently, they had to shoot that uh, 106 six times. They jumped out of a plane. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of equipment that he's wearing, that they're both wearing. And initially, I guess, before they, for some reason, they didn't think Tom Cruise was going to insist on doing his own stunts. The mask wasn't part of it. The oxygen tank. They were all literally safety contingencies. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a big helicopter chase in this movie, too. And it looks like Tom Cruise is piloting the helicopter, which is crazy because you can't just pilot a helicopter. Yeah. You have to have a license and training. Turns out he did all of like the three-month helicopter pilot training in six weeks to make, to make this happen. And it all goes back to like watching this movie. And my question is, like, does this, does this further the viewing experience? With the technology we have today, could this all just be CGI'd? If so, would that have been the better choice? It could all be CGI'd, but it makes me enjoy knowing that it wasn't. Because one of my main problems with this movie was like, I didn't know he did all his own stunts. And I'm like, this is so unrealistic. Right. I mean, legitimately, like there's no way in hell Mm -hmm. any one person could be this good at all these things and like piloting a helicopter and jumping out of planes and going like a hundred miles an hour through yeah, traffic. Like yeah. they were hauling ass. Like yep. there's just no way. So to know that he did that, uh, as opposed to just taking the CGI way out, uh, as a self, or, or even the stunt double way or out, the right? stunt double way out. Yeah. I mean, as a huge fan of, you know, practical effects that are actually real and tactile, not only having a real person do all these stunts that seemed insane, but actually having Tom Cruise do them himself. Um, it's remarkably impressive and some would say reckless and a little bit crazy, but I have nothing but respect for that. And legitimately it makes me look back on this movie with a bit more respect. So in a nutshell, yeah, I think it does matter. Okay. Let's, so let's address, this is what I said earlier too, to address the phrase, the ends justify the means. Mm -hmm. What that means in case you're not familiar with this phrase is that the end goal you you can justify you can justify the things you had to do to get to that point because the end is worth it. 
what you're saying is that it's almost the opposite, that the means of him doing all of his stunts make the end a better payoff. Knowing that he did all this makes it a better viewing experience. Yeah, the ends amplify the means for me. there you go. And I don't know if I feel the same way, but... backwards, the means amplify the end. Yes. Um, But I... uh, to get back to the initial question I asked you, and I'm going to turn it on myself, like, what do you feel in general about these movies? I think they're good as action movies. I think they're some of the most engaging. This is one of the most engaging action movie franchises I think of, especially of its type. Like, you have your Indiana Joneses, which are more like the, the, you know, what do you call that type of movie? Like a treasure, treasure hunter, hunting yeah, yeah. kind of thing. Like a, a Tomb Raider, Dungeon Exactly, crawling. yeah, that sort of thing. And then you have straight-up action, like Spy. You have, like, your James Bonds, and you have your Ethan Hunts, basically. Mm-hmm. The difference between... Ethan Hunt and James Bond for me is that like I don't care nor do I really know his backstory like I don't I know he had a wife at one point like she comes up in this movie but I don't care I'm not invested in their relationship at all yeah and I don't, I don't think you have to be I think for this movie you're there for the stunts you're there for the shenanigans and the craziness and that's it and I think that's totally fine mm-hmm. so this movie in particular what'd you think did you like it did you hate it were you somewhere in the middle was this a waste of your time and it will be. Will it be a waste of everybody's time to go watch it or not? Wow, those are my only options. Yes, no, just I, those two I was extremes. definitely somewhere in the middle. I would say middle to slightly above middle. Uh, there were moments in this film that it felt like a waste of my time because it's simply too long. This movie did not need to be two and a half hours, in my opinion. It did not help that I was a skosh tired going into it. Sure, um, don't do that. For sure, don't do that. Uh, but I don't think it was a waste of your time. I think it was interesting and entertaining, and there were moments of it that were very cerebral. You know, you took a, took a while to figure out the plot and figure out the angles, and I think that's kind of stereotypical of all of the Mission Impossible films. The plot is very intricate, sometimes confusing. I don't remember the word you used, but very overridden or overrun. Just too much plot. Convoluted. Convoluted. I knew there was yeah, a, you got a you, similar you got amount of syllables. Yeah, right. So overall, I th- I liked it. I didn't love it. Uh, and to quote Young Maxwell, it was fine. I say that all the time. It's about fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I brought you coffee the other day from a large franchise. It was fine. Uh, that shall not be named. And yeah. yeah, I was like, hey, Max, what do you think of the coffee? Let me guess. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. That said... I do not feel that way about this movie. This is, I think, and I was trying to keep, I was holding in the reins before we started recording, so I didn't want to show all my cards. This is, I think, the best action movie I've seen in a couple years. Yeah? <laughs> yes. Well, we don't watch a lot of action we movies. We don't watch a lot. Um, but I'm going to pull up real quick a list of movies we have done just so I can reference it. But I and I want to make sure I'm not wrong about my own opinion. But I am pretty sure this hits everything that I want in an action movie. There's over-the-top stunts. There's a There's an evil villain that has kind of a good point i guess sort of in that i mean like i don't think you should probably nuke everybody but there is something to be said for the idea that a lot of pain can balance out like universal balance in things not my approach but i i can see that being a thing that somebody might think uh jurassic world is not a great one i'm just looking through i mean deadpool is really good but that's a different type of movie than this yeah um the one that comes to mind is tomb raider and this blows Tomb Raider out of the water, I think. Yeah? I, yeah, yeah. I won't spend any more time looking at that. But um, so no, we, I, yeah. We don't do a ton of action movies, I think. It's not a to ton. Say. And I don't think either of us consume a great deal of them in our personal lives either. No, probably not. It's probably one of my least uh, gravitated towards genres. Yeah, 
Yeah, that for me, and obviously horror is one of your go-tos, but yeah. I steer clear of horror a lot of the time. Now, is it just because action movies a lot of the times just aren't very good movies? Um, well, I don't know. I think so. I think the widest genre of movie released is probably drama because genre genre. What did I just say? The what? The whitest I'm, genre. The, the widest yes. genre of movie is drama. Yeah, because there's so many things that could qualify as a drama film, um, but when you get into actions and comedies. Um, or horror movies, they get a little bit more specific. So I think there's just by default less of those that qualify. Um, so yes, there are a lot of bad action movies, but there are a lot of bad every movie. Sure. And I, I just think maybe we see less action movies in general because they aren't made quite as frequently. And when they are, they're either obviously terrible, like sci-fi action movies that have no budget, or they're these giant summer blockbusters. And I think there's something to be said for having a, an ex- insanely high amount of these movies already made. And they're just building off of that. Mm-hmm. Every time I think it gets a little bit crazier and the budget goes up a little bit. And for a lot of franchises, that doesn't work. Sequels get worse and worse. And I don't think that's the case here. Like, I, I really liked all this. I don't think the plot was too crazy. Um, and we'll get into some of that in the Danger Zone. But stuff that I did like about this, uh, Henry Cavill, for one, uh, exudes a crazy amount of machismo. Whether he's a good guy or a bad guy, it doesn't matter. He's an imposing figure. He has a magic beard. We'll talk about that. Too. We can talk about that now. There's a scene that's been in all the trailers, and he essentially is like getting in a bath, a fight in a bathroom, and he like cocks his arms like they're guns. Reloads them. Just raw <laughs> sexuality. Is I'm a fight. He's like a built dude. He played Superman, right? Yeah. And um, it's all, all the steroids. Right. I I don't know, but I think his his presence on screen is undeniable. Like you can take a guy that's been in six of these movies, put him next to a newcomer, and it's like they could go toe to toe, and I would be very impressed with the fight. Mm-hmm. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. It's hard to say. Yeah, they probably do. They you might. can't put those guys on screen yeah. and not have them fight at least once, right? Um, so I thought that worked really well. I also think Solomon Lane, played by Sean Harris, is a great villain. Mm-hmm. I think he works pretty well. Yeah, he reminded me a lot of um, is his name Mads Mikkelsen? Yes, that dude. Who is the best villain of all time he's, in everything? He's pretty good. He was one of the villains in a James Bond movie. James Bond Casino Royale. He played yeah. some... He, I think that's the best villain he's ever played. Me too. What was he just in that he was a villain? Oh, Doctor Strange. He yes. was the, the bad dude in that. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Anyways, back to Mission Impossible. Yes. I, th- I think I think it was good. I think it was just over the top enough. Like The, the stunts were crazy enough, even if they weren't real. I'd say, like, this is a great visual thing. Yeah. I'd be into it. And I do think there was a little bit too much meat or fat around the meat like this movie was too long and fortunately i didn't ever feel too taxed by it but okay. yeah i just like i don't know man i dug it like and i had a pretty good viewing experience in the theaters so that's something you didn't i'm getting that nope um so of course that always matters but yep i don't know man like compared to every other tom like what are the other tom cruise movies that have come out recently the mummy remake um that jack reacher movie yeah edge of tomorrow which actually was pretty good edge of tomorrow maybe one of the best science fiction movies of all time i don't i don't know if i'd go that far rewatch it bro all right that's just a bold claim yeah because i would almost say edge of tomorrow is not exclusively sci-fi it's also action yeah like take take like an ex machina yeah doesn't doesn't edge of tomorrow nowhere close to that right you don't think no like then that's a sci-fi yeah i guess it's a different genre it's a different thing yeah yeah because i mean ex machina was barely sci-fi I, mean, I would it, say that's completely sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. Sci-fi, like that psychological, was, see, that, futuristic, robotics, artificial intelligence. That's heavy on the drama. Well, sure. So I mean, but the, con- the conceptually, but it, but that, so yeah, was, yeah, so that was like tomorrow. a psychological sci-fi. You know, like the old Alien movies, where it's just dark and creepy. Yeah, that's less true. Like 
actiony. Right. So I guess there is that little. There's sub, a lot of overlap. There's some subtext there sure. to the the style. But yeah, as far as Tom Cruise movies go, um, I haven't even watched the last few. I heard that Mummy remake was just god awful. I saw it on a plane once. It was not good at all. Yeah. Do you remember in uh, the Suicide Squad movie? Mm-hmm. There's like an ending. There's like a bad person, like the villain, I guess. Okay. He's like this witch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember if I'm thinking of the mummy or of Suicide Squad. I think. Wasn't it the same idea? I, don't, I think they're the same. I. I remember seeing the chick, and it looked the same almost. Yeah, I, I that's that my point. Like I don't like movies. Like, is that bad. the same villain? Yeah. And then Jack Reacher, I don't think I saw. I don't think I saw. Isn't it oh, kind of? Oh, and there was that movie Oblivion that he was in, and I get those mixed up too. Tom Cruise, I mean, was in Oblivion. Yeah, like he's on a planet. Uh, spoiler alerts for Oblivion, real quick. Unless you don't want me to say anything. To I you. don't think I've seen that. You don't. It's fine. It's yeah, a, it's a I decent don't. enough movie, but like he's he's he is like the only person and his wife on this planet. And he has these tasks that he does. Turns out, whoa, he's actually a clone. He's working for this hive upstairs, and they all have like, they're all like working different planets. I don't really remember the details. It was fine. Weird. Yeah. All right. I think we could talk about this for a while, and I think we should in the danger zone after we unpack our second and final beer. But before that, should we rate this? We haven't talked much about the plot or anything. I don't think we need to. No, it's no, it's, it's, it's a, a Mission Impossible movie. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not give anything away. You kind of described the plot with the stunts. Yeah, kind of. There were helicopter chases. There were motorcycle chases. Tom Cruise ran a lot. He, you can't take that away. Tom Cruise's running is some next level shiz. And he's got nice form too. He's got great form. He's He's, moving, and you know he's trying to get somewhere. You see some people run, and they're like they're fast. Yeah, and then you see him, and it's like those people are not running. Yeah, and he's like my height. He's a short fella. Do you think they like? There's a couple shots in this movie where he's like right next to. Like Rebecca Ferguson, for example, who is not short. Do you think they had him on a riser? It's very possible. I wonder if like he's he's sort of diva enough to be like, Mm-mm-mm. I've heard give he's me a booster step. Basically, I mean, an ex- executive producer mid scene, like yeah, totally. I've heard things with people that have worked with him where he's just like balls deep in the lighting. Like, right. move this camera needs to be here, he's this like, light here. He's like saying something. He goes, "Cut, Tom. That's not your job. Shut up." <laughs> yeah. <do> you, <laughs> what's my last name? Yeah, it's my job. Huh? Yeah. So plot. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get so, to it later. Yeah, we can rate it. I have my ratings. You I want you yours. to go first. Eight five. Eight five. This is a very good action movie to okay. me. Okay. Yeah, I think it hits all the beats. It's got the momentum. It's got the suspense. The friggin' theme song should not be understated, by the way. Yeah, it was. I love this theme song. Yeah. Like we should talk about we should at least acknowledge it. It's fun if you go back to there've been there's kind of a, a reiteration of the theme song. Yes. Every movie. And it's great. I remember this franchise is so old. Mm-hmm. One of them was Limp Biscuit. Oh, cool. Kind of. Yeah, but, you know, history. Yeah. Yeah, I just, like, anytime it's like, boom, 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 like, I'm just like, okay, here yeah. we go. And then, like, something big happens. You're like, that's cool. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. I don't know. Makes I think me want to watch the first one. Yeah. I loved it. That says a lot right there, the yeah. fact that it makes you want to revisit the old movies mm-hmm. I, versus watching, like, a Jurassic World. For me, it's like, I don't want to watch these movies ever. Or Not uh, the first Jurassic World. I would watch the first Jurassic Park. But the Jurassic World 2 didn't yeah. make me want to go rewatch Jurassic World 1. Right. Like, I don't care. Yeah. Or just like, I didn't even have the desire to go see Jumanji. Jumanji was actually really good. It looked cool, it but was, like... No, it was very good. I waited to rent it. I did too. I think you'd qualify that as an action movie. Com- action comedy. Yeah, yeah, sure. So that's one of the newer ones. But but not the same type of action as this, right? Very. Like, like This is a spy thriller. Yes. I wouldn't even put Mission mm. Impossible in the action category, no, honestly. That's, no, that's insanity. Really? You're speaking insanity. Spy... It's, it's action-y. It's, it's, a spy, it's an action spy thriller. Okay. So all three, in that were, order, yeah. I think. 
That makes sense. Because like I would thriller. say spy action thriller. Spy action. I, I could settle for that. But it's no. James Bond is a spy action thriller. Yeah. James Bond is a spy. That's fair. Right? Like these guys are like kind of spies, but it's more about them. Whereas James Bond is like all about the crazy tech and like sleeping with sexy women yeah. and plots to over. I don't know. Whatever. Needless to say, doesn't yep. matter right now. What is your rating? I said 8.5. 7.2. It's higher than I thought you were going to say. Yeah. It was not terrible. It was my main problems were just how damn long it was. It was long. Um, I think that's really my main problem with it. Is if it was like half hour shorter, it'd have been great. I think that's a very valid point. It would have been tremendous, but yes. it was relatively nonstop. It know? was. There, that's another thing. Like the amount of stunts in this movie yeah. is is just astronomical. Yeah, and when you're like, oh, okay, there's, you know, the plot is obviously coming to a head. There's not much else that could happen. But wait, there's another crazy chase scene right. or another even right. crazier set right. of stunts. Yeah. I will say also that I'm I'm very appreciative of the fact that the writers decide cuz for like three movies they've used the we're going to print out we're going to scan somebody's face and make a 3D printed mask and then we're going to trick our enemies into thinking we're them. It's it might actually be the fourth movie they've done that. And at one point Henry they do Cavill's that in all character, of them. Yeah, Henry Cavill's like do people really fall for this like Almost as if to say, you guys are still doing this yeah. one idea, which I thought was very funny. There's He's got a few funny facial... You were saying earlier that you were not a fan of Henry Cavill's acting in this, but I thought it was so perfect. He's so silly. And it just... He escalates so much. It just gets more and more of what he was before yeah. and just doubles down. He's it's like, so good. He's like an action figure that yes. just keeps growing. Exactly. It's, it's perfect. Ridiculous. Literally, his beard grows in a frame. Oh, it's my God. the best. Just poof. Let's talk about that after the break. Yeah, his beard is like instant chia pet. Yeah, uh, Mission Impossible Fallout is available in wide release. It has been for about a week and a half. By the time you hear this, go see it if you'd like. If you have Movie Pass, nice try. Movie Pass couldn't afford to buy this movie because they are struggling as a business. But you're not. You're doing well in life. Go see this movie. Let us know what you think on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook at Fresh Hop Cinema. Write us at fhccast at gmail.com, and we will see you right after these messages. mission, should you choose to accept it, is to go to the handlebar and drink beer during happy hour, seven days a week, from 2 to 6 p.m. You will get $1 off every draft beer. They're located at 2070 East 20th Street in Chico, California. This message will self-destruct in five seconds. Handlebar Chico, go check them out. It is the danger zone. Yeah. Where we spoil the movie and spoil your appetite with our foul mouths. Oh, that's maybe my favorite intro ever. Uh, although I think we've made a mistake. We've made a huge mistake, haven't we? We got so distracted with recording that we forgot to grab the last beer. Oh, you mean this beer? Oh, my God. Because you. I didn't see it in there. Goddamn professional, Max. This is great. Uh, so one last warning about the danger zone. We are going to spoil some things in Mission Impossible Fallout. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, pause this podcast, go watch it, and come back. Or... Don't. It's totally up to you. But before we get to any of that, we're going to talk about this beer that Johnny's opening. Uh, this beer we found, actually, by we, I guess I mean me, at New Earth. We heard that, uh, you heard that ad earlier, and we're going to talk about it in just a second. Thank you, my friend. I'm going to pour some by myself while you talk about what this beer is. Please. Yeah. It's called Blueberry Creamsicle. It is a beer brewed by Decadent Ales out of New York City, United States of America. It is a, an American double slash imperial IPA. It's clocking in at a big whopping 8.6 on the ABV. And it comes in a beautiful violet-colored 16-ounce can with some cool art of uh, some sort of 1950s, 40s-style like ice cream commercial. 
which is very cool. It's got a giant popsicle on it with a, a dog. And this is a, a beer brewed with blueberries and Madagascar vanilla beans. Yeah, we got to talk about how this beer looks because you said double IPA, and my brain said, Mm-mm, I don't think so, Mr. Narrator. This does not look like a double IPA. This looks like a fruited some type of frambois or something. It's a it's a very, very uh, kind of cloudy. I don't know. This looks weird. It's it's like a you know blueberry color almost, but a little bit more red. Yeah, it's got a, a, a purple haze to it. It smells great. It does smell like an IPA. So I'm I'm curious to see what you think as you take your first sips. Any thoughts? That's fucking weird. Good or bad? I don't know yet. Huh? It's odd. It's like an actual IPA. I was expecting this to be like fruity. Oh, that's interesting. Like yeah, this is just a legit double IPA that has blueberries in it. Yeah, the coloring is very strange. I don't get a whole lot of vanilla on the initial taste. Do you? No. I'm, I'm not. This is. I think this is very good. Yeah, I get a little vanilla as it. I bet you, as we let this warm up, it's gonna vanilla eyes itself. Yeah, you gotta wait, stop, and hmm? collaborate and listen oh, for go. this beer. Nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, no, this is. I dig this, man. I think this is really good. Hmm, it's different, dude. Yeah, I also like, good. You get like a ton of hops up front, and then like this wash of like overripe blueberry, mm-hmm. like yeah. the nice squishy, overly sugary, but you never lose like that hot bitterness throughout. Right, just things like pile on top of each other, and it's weird with the sweetness that comes in, and then it kind of fades into this subtle fruity, maybe a little bit of vanilla, but still having the hoppy uh, notes all the way through. Yeah, the hops definitely hit first, I think. Um, and then for me, I get then the blueberry and then the, you know, it's like a traffic jam, jam, double, double joke there because of fruitiness, but it's definitely like a, it, it definitely piles on. I agree with what you're saying. This is super actively carbonated, by the way, very effervescent, very bubbly, very good though. Not, not super light on the mouthfeel. It's got a lot of weight to it, presumably yeah. from the ABV. Yeah. It's a very strong beer. Yeah. And it does not necessarily taste that way. No. Fair? Yeah. And it's it's way more bitter than I expected it to be too. It's very 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 hop forward. Yeah, um, I dig it, man. I think this is a great way, sort of a, a nice middle ground between the traditional Northeast IPA and a West Coast. Okay. Um, it's got a lot of the fruitiness to it, but also the hop presence stays the whole time. I think it's really good. That's super different. Yeah. You know, everybody's wanting to do the the hazies or whatever, the beers that taste more like fruit and fruit juice than than beer. And right. this definitely has a lot of the beer shining through. It tastes a little on the old side. I don't think it's I definitely too get old. some mustiness. Uh, that could just be from all the different adjuncts mixing with hops too. So uh, it's it's just odd, man. It's really unique. I don't think I've ever had a beer like this where um, so heavily fruited yet also still so hoppy. Yeah, I mean it's definitely because it's yeah. I think it's not just blueberry. It is like a like a blueberry creamy. It's like a blueberry creamsicle, you know. Yeah. You get the you get the cream from the vanilla mixing with the fruit, yeah. in a very specific way. Man, two of the more unique beers that we've ever done on the show today. Yeah the uh, the description on the bottle or on the can, excuse me, says it's, it's an all mosaic dry hopped double IPA. Oh wow! Did you read that at the beginning? I think I did. you might have. Did okay, I? maybe I just wrote it on the paper and you're reading that. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, wow. I don't know, man. I dig it. I wanted to apologize too because I didn't write down the prices or the price on this one. I think it was uh, around around six bucks. Okay, at New Earth, something like that. Between six and ten, it's definitely below ten. It's I would I would hazard that it's below seven, uh, very confidently. I think it's probably between four and seven. 
Man. I think it's worth it. This is very interesting to me. Yeah, it's super intriguing. I don't know if I'm its biggest fan, but mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm its biggest hater. There you go. I think this is like a solid six. Okay. I'm going to write that down because I think you're going to stay on that number. Yes. I had to guess. Yes. Uh, it, it's slightly above average. You know, middle of the road for me is five. I definitely, it tastes um, a little too squishy and kind of musty. It's got like a that overly ripe blueberry really just makes the beer kind of blasé in my mouth. The hoppy mixed with that overripe, it just tastes too much like squishy old blueberries. I don't know, man. I think it works really well. I definitely get the taste you're describing, but but I think it 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 lends well to a nice finish. It it stays kind of that yeah that overripe blueberry thing. But I think yeah. between the vanilla. And the intense hop up front, it, it balances really well. Like I have to like leave that sitting for a minute in your mouth. I think it, it makes a big difference. I took a big drink there, but it mellows out really well. Well, it's it's a it's a flavor combination that your palate is not prepared for because it's never encountered anything like it with yeah. the strong hop presence and an equally strong blueberry presence. In, yeah. Those are very contrasting flavor profiles. Yeah, it almost reminds me like you know when you eat a walnut and you get some of that membrane in the middle and it gets you that like, yeah. really bitter. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the aftertaste. sort of like this, yeah. Minus yeah. The, like obviously the uh, walnut, you get more yeah. of a sweet taste to it, but it's rich, that's something else. Oaky afterbirth. Yeah, a rich oaky afterbirth, you might say, if you're Michael Scott. Uh, I'm gonna have a, t- a touch more here because I, yeah. I think I need to explore this a little bit more. It's definitely wonky, and it's it would be a great one to have a conversation about. Um, totally, I think a lot of people are. This beer is going to be very polarizing. Yeah. Be a fun yeah. one to yeah, talk Yeah, maybe, about. huh? I think the, both of these would be really fun to let people try that don't normally drink craft beer. Definitely. The last two, you know, the two beers on the show today. This, Yeah, this is one of those, both of these are, are beers that you could pour for somebody like, what kind of what kind of beverage do you think this is? And I, I don't, I do not think beer would come up into their lexicon typically. Yeah. Uh, I, for me personally, the just two hammers colliding of hops and, and berries uh, it's just a little too much for me. I can honestly say I don't think I'd ever reach for this again, but I'm happy I tried it because it's it's a unique experience and it's always interesting to introduce your palate to new things, you know. Yeah, and they sure. really nail this for like like this beer is a ten for originality. Okay, you know what I mean. That like, seems fair. Nobody's really doing this in a way that's not uh, like super East Coasty, where like this beer would be. Um, Probably a bit more palatable if it was leaning towards that like orange juicy New England style. But I mean, I appreciate their boldness in not giving a shit and just saying we're going to throw a ton of hops in. Yeah, I think there's so there's two big differences. I agree with you in in this not being a traditional offering of that style. Number one is I can't think of one New England IPA that I've tried that is this type of like, like it's always like a tropical fruit, right? It's like or an orange, like oranges or mangoes. Or papaya, you never get like this is a blueberry, strawberry, raspberry New England IPA, and I think it's because these flavors don't traditionally work with hops as straightforwardly as you might think they uh, could if they did those more often. Yeah, well, they're actually there's a lot of breweries doing that style in the the milkshake style too, right. though. But, but I mean, even like you're in the grand like, scheme of beer, that's still a very limited offering, right? There's not that many of those. No, not at all. It's but you do see a lot of of more like framboise. Or uh, creeks, or other types of fruited lagers with these types of fruits, blueberries, everything I just said, cherries, raspberries. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting to see kind of the two two different factors: the hoppiness and these sort of darker fruits coming together to make this this beer. And the vanilla is sort of a random curveball that I actually enjoy. I wish there were more vanilla. It makes it seem ice creamy. It does. Yeah, yeah. I think 
what would do this better for me is if it were a little bit less carbonated and a little bit more vanilla esque. Yeah. It but might I, come out more as it warms up a little, but this isn't the style of beer that you'd think needs no, to be. Exactly. That's why it's so strange. Like yeah. you don't see vanilla often in, in IPAs. Yeah, and I never think I should serve this IPA at room temperature. Totally. But I do think as as we're letting this go in the last minutes we have, or however many we go, uh, I think it'll change pretty drastically. But in the meantime, I'm gonna give this a seven. Okay. That feels reasonable to me. A lot of the the factors keeping it from being lower are how interesting it is and how unique. I think that's a really important factor when discussing craft beer. Yeah. Um, you know, otherwise we wouldn't have ever gotten past Schlitz malt. That's right. But there, for me, there is a fine line between being interesting and being good. I wonder, how do you think, a, like, a, a, if somebody had branded for some reason, a brewery was like, this is a stout that we made with actual dirt. Like, I think it would sell. Which makes in me this, sad. In the craft beer climate, yeah, there was a yeah. beer from, I want to say, Evil Twin. Mm-hmm, I sure. think it was called the Big Ass Money Stout, and it was actually aged in a bourbon barrel with pizza and money. See, that sounds gross to me. I don't think I'd want to drink that. I did. Was it good? Medium. Super yeah. sweet. Tasted like dirt. Yeah. I don't Not, not for me. Yeah. Has science gone too far is the question. Again, it's like Mission Impossible. Like, do you need to make this one? Right. They realized they could, but did they stop to think right. if they should? Exactly. Uh, all right. Well, again, if you guys get your hands on this, again, it's available at New Earth. It's uh, Blueberry Creamsicle by Decadent out of New York. And it's it's worth it's worth considering, I think is a way to say that. Yeah. Give it a whirl. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. Let's get back to the movie. Let's do it. Speaking of, I don't know, I was going to say, speaking of Fallout, which we are not, so that transition doesn't work at all. Uh, but let's talk about it. Let's talk about Fallout. Mission Impossible Fallout, which I forgot was the name of it, by the way. Like, I went in, um, not just now. I mean, like, when I went to see it, I was like, oh, I've seen Fallout surrounding these words Mission Impossible, but I didn't, it didn't even click. That it was like, oh, that's probably the name of the movie. I just thought it was Mission Impossible 6. Yeah. But Fallout. Yes. Um, let's talk about some stuff in the last moments here. Yeah. You know, I was pretty fired up about the viewing yes. experience while we were on the break. I should probably touch on that a you little bit. You can't put enough emphasis on on how your viewing experience affects your opinion of the movie. Yep. We've talked about this countless times. I had a great one. You had not a great one. Substandard. Sure. What happened? Someone brought toddlers. Multiple. I'm all for you having children. It's a free country. I'm all for you procreating, having multiple children. Go nuts. Do your thing. Don't bring toddlers to a movie and let them talk. Yes. The whole time. You can't do it. You simply cannot do it. Yeah. What are you doing? They were across the theater from me, and I wanted to shout at them. Yeah. I could hear them so clearly. Like, I guarantee you everyone in that theater could hear them. Yeah. If I would have been within, like, five seats or even a row or two of them, I would have said something. Yeah. Like, it was to the point where I contemplated. If Let me put it this way. If we weren't doing this show... I would have walked out and asked for my money back and gone to a different showing. Oh, yeah? Which I have done and you can do. That's amazing. Yep. I said, now there are children in there and they're disrupting my experience. I'd like a refund or a, a voucher for a ticket because it was just simply, it was it was rough. I think that's perfectly reasonable. Yep. As you're saying this, I'm writing a chart that I'm going to show you in a moment, so okay. continue, please. Yeah, and then also the guy that sat right behind me was massively congested. It sounded like he had a head cold. Or possibly like a nasal blockage. Uh, not good. Yeah, not good. Like you don't sound healthy at all. 
Well, at least he was probably doing his best to just like only drink tea and things that you can breathe while consuming, right? Oh, no. He was eating giant fistfuls of popcorn. Ah, doesn't and help. And then um, it sounded like, have you ever been up close to a, like a, an English bulldog when they try and breathe? Yeah, I don't. I, yeah. Yes. It's not good. <laughs> yeah, it's, yep. it's rough. Um, just imagine that for two and a half hours. I, I, it's making me mad just, and, just hearing that. And every time the movie got loud, this gentleman would very loudly blow his nose right behind me. Yeah, that's not... Well, at least he was waiting until it was loud. Still. That he, at least says that he was trying to... He was trying, yeah. and I couldn't be too mad, but also I could. Right. Because yeah, I was. There was also toddlers, so like, I, one thing is like enough. Sure. So I kind of feel like this movie didn't get the fair shake it should have for me because I usually like cheesy action movies. Yeah. Like I might take my dad and go see this again just nice. to like give this movie a chance. Yeah. Because my dad's like... I haven't heard of it from, from Papa Summers in a while. Yeah, they've been traveling a lot. Right. They got a, a membership to uh, like a timeshare thing for RVs. Yeah. So they can go like anywhere they want that's in this like community. That's awesome. So they've been traveling a lot. To, to go off of what you're saying, I've made you a chart here. Yes. And for people that can't see it, it is an elongated U shape. And there's three points. The top left point is something that says every week. Yep. The far right point, which is at the same level, uh, says what? Every a week. Oh, sorry. I switched them. Once every two months is the far left, then weekly. Yep. Down at the bottom of this curve is every three weeks. And I think this is the sweet spot. I was talking to my sister about this. The top of the curve is people who are quiet. The bottom of the curve are people who are loud. And it's a curve based on how often you see movies. Mm. And I'm going to make a case, and you can tell me if you agree. But I think that people who very rarely see movies, like it's a special occasion and they want to make the most of it, mm -hmm. and people that see them every week a.k.a. people that have gotten used to seeing a movie and know the protocol. They know. People that respect the viewing experience. Yeah. But there's the sweet spot around people that see it like every three to four weeks where it's a novelty still. They don't see it often enough where they, they appreciate everybody else there, but it's frequently enough where they feel comfortable to be loud. Mm. And I think those are the people that talk during movies. That's This is a revelation to me. That's a huge factor, for sure. I would Let's, really love to figure out if there's a way we could statistically figure out who these people well, are. Well, I'll just start asking in the middle of a movie. Hey, how often do you, how often do you come to the movies, right, eh? Like, right. right in the middle of the movie, I'll do that. Yeah. And we'll see what they say. And I do might it. get arrested. Could Worth get in a it. fight. Yeah. We'll see what happens. It's for science. It's for your yeah. study. No. Yeah. That's that's very true. And it's probably accurate. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Man, I wonder if we could set up a poll, like, like, for, like an exit survey for people coming out of the movie. Like, question one. How often do you see movies? Mm -hmm. Question two: How important is it to you that people around you make zero noise mm -hmm. or make you know minimal? Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, I think also a big factor is just the narcissism of our society, where yeah, you, what you do is way more important than anyone else around you, even I, if it's yeah. in a crowded theater. I just think it's subconscious. Like I don't think people are actively. Hopefully, I've said this before. I hope they're not trying to ruin your experience. I just think people are. Maybe it's narcissism. Maybe it's just just uh, uh, obtuseness to your surroundings, but people just don't consider what they're doing. Well, isn't narcissism like a lack of consideration where what you're doing is the most important thing? Those are different. Where yeah. like other people don't even come in because what you're doing is so important. Like at one point in the movie when it got quiet, a dude just busted out his phone, held it at eye level, and replied to like three texts. Yeah, you can't. I, so I think narcissism is is knowing that you might be being offensive or, or obtrusive or loud and not caring. 
Whereas just unobserving is, or not observing is not necessary. Like a square and a rectangle thing, right? Like every narcissist doesn't care, but not every person that doesn't care is a narcissist. Yeah. Sense? But I call it narcissism because there are signs outside the theater when you walk in yeah, that I mean, say, true. turn your cell phones off, please be quiet. But there's a PSA at the beginning of the movie that is audible and mm-hmm, visual. I know. So it's not i'm not going to make excuses for them and say that they don't know better or that like they they're not observing because it's never entered into their mind to think that these actions affect other people mm-hmm. when evidence is presented to them that it so clearly does yeah i mean i think you're but i, I don't want to believe that like i want to believe well maybe they've missed the dude. signs and they didn't hear the thing because they were on their phone like it's like no this is an the same cycle shit of, why people fucking yeah. walk in front of buses that's true you know this generation has or had don't more use people, their blinkers this generation has had more people walk into traffic and die because of smartphones you yeah. know or people killing people in their cars yep it's not good so no so don't fucking make noise when i'm in the movie theater the point is yeah don't bring your toddlers <laughs> yeah to toddlers. mission impossible fallout Oh, man, if that would have happened during A Quiet Place, I'd have lost my mind. For sure. Yeah. Also, that's like a whole other thing. You definitely can't bring kids to that movie because no. of the content. You, you couldn't even eat popcorn in that movie. Right. But uh, what, what yeah. sucked, too, is you know those kids weren't watching the movie. No. No. And like part of me is like, the parents just probably wanted to get away yeah. and watch a movie, but they have kids. Mm-hmm. That's a you problem, isn't it? It is, it is kind of. Yeah. It like is also, a you like, problem. If it were a friend of mine and they were like, hey, man, I have kids, but I want to go see a movie. Do you think it's okay if I bring my kids? I'd be like, yes, of course. But if it's a stranger, I'm like, no, no, no. You keep your kids out of the theater. Well, no. The first question <laughs> would be, what movie are you going to see? Well, that's true. Yeah. Because some right? movies you should take like toddlers when, when to. When we saw Coco. Yeah. There fine. was hella kids. Of course there's kids there. Obviously. But And, and like I think a PG-13 action movie is kind of in a gray area. Not but like toddlers. a quiet place, it's like, no. Yeah. But a, a PG-13 movie should not be a gray area for toddlers. No, probably Because not. there was two kids in the row in front of me that were probably five or six mm-hmm. and six or seven. You could tell their brother or yeah. sister there with grandma. Not a peep. Like, they watched the movie. Like, I heard the, the boy ask grandma a question one time mm-hmm. about a thing he didn't understand. Other than that, silent. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't, so I just gotta, gonna. I gotta see this again. Say this, yeah. I don't have much to say else about the movie. I think, you know, there's atomic bombs, and the, like they had to be like, okay, well, one atomic bomb is enough because clearly Ethan Hunt could defuse us. What if we make two atomic bombs that can't be defused because the detonator has to also be defused? Yeah. I don't know. When you said there's a checklist of things for a movie, like that's one of them a bomb defusing scene. Oh, well, sure. Like yeah. that's. It's, there's going to be one of those. Yeah, there has to be. There has yeah. to be a villain that at some point explains his plan. There's a double cross. There's obviously a double cross. Sometimes which, a triple cross. Which, by the way, I think this time the double cross was not subtle. No. Like, as soon as Henry Cavill was like, this is the phone that we took off the dead body. It's like, hang on, you already showed us that phone was cracked. So clearly you're a bad dude. Mm-hmm. But it's fine. I will watch Henry Cavill cock his arms all day. Is that He's, your new favorite gift? It is. Um, follow us on Twitter because I posted a thread that was very funny because there's a lot of continuity errors in that one particular scene. Also, it doesn't help that the internet just lost their shit over that particular clip. Like, it's so manly and like it's so sexy. Just like, chicka, let's go. It's so alpha that it's it works almo- on me so much. It's almost beta. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but I agree. Yeah, you know. Um, but I was saying this to you, like it's a lot like when I saw the trailers for The Dark Tower. Like when you'd see that slow mo shot of Idris Elba reloading his his revolver in midair, like he catch the bullets. Wasn't there just one? Maybe, and it went in like the side. Yeah, and it was so. Yeah. It's just like like part, the OCD part of me that likes seeing 
you know, I don't know. Like the oddly satisfying stuff yeah, that, that fits stuff well together. That. It's yeah. like that, but also like the sexiness of Henry Cavill flexing his arms. Yeah. And just, suddenly growing a beard. Yeah. So if you don't know what we're talking about and you're not going to look us up on Twitter, uh, you've all seen that scene in the trailers, but basically he does like with his arms. But if you look closely, like his beard gets longer. Also, his shirt gets a pocket that wasn't there. Yeah. Just, I can't figure out how to explain it. It looks like one take to me. I don't know why they would split that into two takes. Just poof. And so, why would you have that two takes like more than a week apart? Because that's like a right, week that's what I'm plus saying. beard like, Yeah. Growth. Like what? And uh, yeah. And did he have that beard the rest of the movie? Yeah. I don't know. I think so. I don't know, man. Yeah. Beardgate. But they had some, I was watching an interview. I think it was on Twitter. And somebody interviewing, they were asking Simon Pegg about that. And he was like, yeah, he just like, grows the beard. It would have been funny if they would have told that to the crew on Justice League. They could have saved a lot of like CGI mustaching time. Because <laughs> you can just pop it in real quick. I love it. Anyways, I'm point is, I'm pretty much good with Mission Impossible Fallout, my friend. Yeah, I think, you know, it hit everything. It went down the checklist. And yeah. I want to see it again to give it a fair shake. I want your favorite... Um, Stunts. What was some of your what like? Give me like your favorite one that stands out the most. Sure. When I said that, what'd you think of? I actually thought of the list, and then I was like, "Don't use the list. Yeah, something else." But the list that we were talking about earlier the the uh, the car chase or the motorcycle chase, the skydiving, and the helicopter. Those are like the big ones, right? Like those are the big stunts in the movie. Um, I am blanking on how the movie started. There's like a whole opening scene, and then it's like da 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 Mission Impossible Fallout. Mm-hmm. What is that opening bit? Uh, it was them getting the plutonium and then losing it? Ah, yep. yes. Okay, that was not really a stunt. No. I guess um, I really liked the car chase. At one point, it was a good car chase. Right? Tom Cruise was driving like an older BMW. That was really good. Oh, the small car, the little car. That was probably yes. one of the better car chases. In the movie. I like yeah. the motorcycle chases, but I like that one because you could tell that car was like really performing and like trying to perform. Yeah, dude. There's something about it like a, like, I think this was the entire premise of the movie, The Italian Job. Mm. They're like, what if we take a sexy car and make it drift for 70% of the movie? Yep. It's like, that was that scene. It was like a sweet old Volvo or something. It was a Beamer. It was a Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And he like did like a whole, like a one long drifting. I was like, this is cool. Mm-hmm. I think those are moments where you're like, I don't care. This that's a sweet yeah. shot. This yep. is a cool movie. I'm all about it. Yep. The or, sky, yeah. The skydiving scene was like that too. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Oh. The skydiving for some reason for me is like the ones like, okay, that's pretty baller that mm-hmm. they would shoot that with Tom Cruise, I guess. But 106 times. It doesn't matter. It's really. Crazy. Like, yeah. So crazy. There's still people starving in the world. It doesn't they didn't have to do that. It yeah. doesn't matter. That's fine. And that was <laughs> Yeah. I wonder how much we're of the all budget, gonna die. How much of the budget was Tom Cruise just doing crazy right, like, shit? Like you can't, you can't. Yeah, like planes cost money to fly. Yeah, like well, did, yeah, they just bought a chopper for Tom Cruise to fly. That's actually probably a good point. They probably didn't jump out of that particular plane too. That's yeah. not what you were saying. I realized that now. Yeah, I bet you they didn't jump out of that giant plane, that giant cargo plane. Yeah, like, you know how much money fuel costs in that thing? Yeah. Probably a ton. No, that's like a decommissioned like C one thirty. And what were we talking about? Oh, Fight Club yeah. on our bonus episodes for Patreon. Uh, how Brad Pitt's, uh, what was it? Uh, Teeth? Number was like $17.5 million. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like our budget for, for this movie was $178 million. Like a lot of those millions probably went to actors. So like how much is even left for special effects? Maybe that's why he did his stunts because they couldn't afford stunt doubles. He's <laughs> like, I need this much money. I'll just, you give me them. I'll just hey, jump out planes. Yeah, it's fine. That guy you were going to hire? No, give me yeah, his Just salary. give me his money and I'll do this thing. It's fine. Tom Cruise. I'm going to turn into a planet one day anyways. Stunt Is man. that what Scientology is? I don't know. Tom but. Cruise. Stuntman unions hate him. Huh. <laughs> uh, I'm done. I'm good. Right. I said everything I wanted to say, man. I have like all my papers in front of me. I'm good. That's everything. Yeah. It was a good time, man. I'm going to watch it again because of dumb, noisy toddlers. Yeah. And 
Yeah, <laughs> and that fella. That guy. Uh, like we said earlier, if you have a chance to see Mission Impossible Fallout or drink any of the beers that we've covered today, please let us know. It's one of, I can't speak for you, I suppose, but one of my favorite parts of the show is hearing from people. It's one of my favorite parts of life. Yeah, I want to give a shout out real quick uh, in real time to Nick Land and Jared Schmidt, who respectively emailed and tweeted us during the course of our last segment. Beautiful. So thanks, you guys. It's really great. I'm going to read. I'm filled with ecstasy. And and uh, what's the word where you're impatient but giddy? Orgasm. Nope. <laughs> you're, uh, Pensive? I'm filled with, um, you know, you're excited. I'm excited. I'm filled to the brim with excitement and, and, and uh, you know. Excrement. Nope. <laughs> We're not going to get it, I guess. Uh, excitement and... I don't know. You know. Are you titillated? Kind of, but there's a better word. I don't know, man. Whatever. I'm excited to read what they said. It's going to keep me going while we do our bonus segments. It's his reason to live. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, tweet us. So, Max has a reason to live. All right, my name's Theodore Buckland. My name is Trevor McDonald. See you next time. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.